Kia ora e te and welcome to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building. Join us as we delve into personal stories about inspirational career journeys for people in design and construction, as you too build your own story. Hi, I'm Adam Baxter. I am a construction student. I'm a builder. I'm a construction project manager and I'm involved with the New Zealand Institute of Building. And this is the Talk Stories podcast. I'm Deep Patil, a PhD scholar of University of Canterbury. I'm working in digital construction and I'm looking myself in digital space where I can contribute to construction industry to resolve the issues and challenges with the new advanced technologies. I'm Donna Howell. Um, I am a project director currently working with the University of Otago on new school medicine building um, for the Christchurch campus. I have a particular interest in improving the way that construction industry as a whole uh, can deliver better outcomes um, and I'm, I'm looking in future I think to become more involved uh, at, a, at a holistic level on, on how we can make that happen systemically. Okay, Donna, um, welcome. I'm really interested, what made you choose a career in construction? How did it all get started? So I was interested in architecture. I was keen on um, on getting into architecture school. Mm-hmm. So um, that was sort of uh, pushed, I guess, or, or um, it, it felt like a suitable um, career choice for someone who who sort of had academic strengths in both humanities and sciences. And um, I also, you know, needed to choose something that was appropriately um, had enough gravitas to um, <laughs> keep my parents happy, um, but yeah, I was I wanted to be an architect from a young age, I think, and um, did my degree, started working with um, in architectural practice in various places around the country and overseas, um, and then ultimately made a move across into project management, which is where I've spent most of. One question that um, I am always interested in is when you first started your career Mm. and you were thinking about where it might end up or where you'd like it to go versus how it went and how it kind of wiggled around, let's Mm. say, and how those opportunities and timing all played into where it started versus where it's at. Did you envision you'd be where you are doing the kind of things that you're doing now when you first started off in architecture school? No, I I expected I was going to be an award-winning architect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not won any awards. Um, but uh, I think, you know, the reality is there is no one way of becoming involved in the construction industry. And it's really, um, I think, about understanding what your own strengths are 
and being willing to willing and open to consider pathways that might not be might not have been on your five year plan. You know that that um, be ready to be flexible because that's how how you um, can make the most of the opportunities that you do get. I think, and that that's that makes for a rewarding rewarding career. Mm. Tooth, what about what about yourself? You're kind of at the start of all of this journey, but what um, spurred you on to study what you've decided to study, and and um, how do you see your career going now, sitting kind of staring at the edge of the precipice at this massive range of choices in a complex industry? What are your thoughts? Um, what got you into it? Where are you aiming for? So after finishing of my like bachelor, I started my study in construction management, where I I was exposed towards the different challenges of the construction. There's something motivated me to like contribute something. So I started to learn digital technology, such as beam, drones, and uh, digital twin. And after that, I started to do a PhD in that to resolve some of the issues which are having a real like issues with the infrastructure, because. In infrastructure, like we don't have like a you know, real impact of the the technology because we see like there are technologies are available, but when it comes to adoption, there are still challenges. So during my like three years of my PhD degree, I developed this AI based, digital twin based like model for infrastructure. So at this point, like I'm looking more towards in like digital space where I can contribute through my knowledge and my experience, where I can grow myself as well. Mm. Donna, talking about that um, change in technology and uh, from the outside looking at it, it seems to be moving so quickly. Mm. What kind of person do you need to be, I think, to throw yourself into this industry in terms of adapting to those kind of changes? And like you've also just said about having that open attitude um, in terms of what prospects or where you could be working or what you might need to focus on or skills you might need to develop uh, moving mm. moving forward I think you have to be curious mm. you have to always be wanting to learn new things mm. and um, and I think ideally have a focus on on how we can be better and how we can do things better um, you know I think, I think something that has kept me um, passionate about the industry is the importance of the outputs of this industry for um, for society. You know what we do is is hugely important in every aspect of of society and health and well being and the the um, future of the planet. So you know if you're passionate about what you do and you're open always to learning new things and and gaining new experiences. Um, you know, I think that's that's really the, a key uh, attribute to, to keep yourself relevant um, mm. in the industry. Yeah. Tooth, thinking about yourself stepping into industry, um, I know you're just kind of finishing up your PhD, so you're sort of looking for jobs and trying to get yourself a foot in the door. You've got a lot of energy, you've got a lot of ambition, you've learned so much, you really want to attack some of the problems that you perceive out there. What do you want from the construction industry? You know, how do, how do you want the construction industry to treat you as a young person with all of this energy? Um, 
encouragement, mentoring. You've learned a whole bunch of technical skills. One thing that we do really well at the NZIOB is try and encourage the other side of that coin, is that soft skills, is that networking, is that mentoring. What do you want as someone who's going to step into the industry from that experience and from your career? I agree with you on that matter. Uh, definitely during my education and some of your experience in the industry, I learned a technical skill. But right now I'm looking for more soft skills. I just want to learn and I just want to be in challenging environment and learn real values. I think it's very important in construction field. Technical skills are important, but when you step into the construction field, it's very important to learn like you know soft skill, like how to be resilient, you know, mm-hmm. in challenging atmosphere when you have a different issues, and how you become more collaborative. I think our industry is getting more and more collaborative. So I think I I would like to learn that. I just want to exercise the soft skills with the time, and I need. Uh, the environment where I can get the right mentorship to grow myself. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And also, I need an opportunity to learn new things with the time. It might be soft skill and it might be technical skills as well. Donna, do you think we as an industry do that well for people who have a whole bunch of ambition like Tooth who are stepping into that zone? Do you think we're doing that well in the industry of uh, nurturing those soft skills and creating leaders? And I just wonder if you have any thoughts about how we could do that better or what's a recipe for creating the kind of person like yourself now with the skills that you have? So in the, in the time that I've been involved in the industry, it has changed a lot. Um, and I think we're starting on that journey of of um, being better at, at developing and recognising the importance of those soft skills and of, of collaboration and communication and and you know what does it mean to be a leader? I I think that historically the the industry has been a we all know it's been very male dominated um, and that an increasing number of women have, have entered the industry, you know, in, in recent decades. Although we're not there yet, you know, women are entering the industry but not not achieving in the industry at the same rates as, as their male colleagues are. But I think that extra diversity and not just gender but diversity and all, all facets of diversity are contributing to that that focus on and recognition of the importance of those soft skills as opposed to in the past there's tended to be a bit of a lip service. We'll run a few courses to help people learn some soft skills but then back in the office it's default to the win at all costs and me winning means you lose and (laughs) you know that zero sum sort of game that, that historically has characterised the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I personally am very focused in, um, on creating a collaborative environment where everybody collectively owns um, the challenges and the successes and we're all part of, part of this. We're all thinking about the why. Why are we collectively doing this? 
and how can we best work together and best capitalise on the, the different skills that, that people bring to the table. Um, so it is, I think we're getting better at it, but behind other industries, there's, I've talked a lot in my time with women in construction around um, the need for a, a fundamental culture change in the industry. You know, you can talk about collaboration, but you've actually got to see the behaviours in practice for that to come to fruition, you know. So you can understand the theories and the, you can attend the training, uh, but actually seeing behaviours um, change in, in practice is, is another step, another whole step in the journey. And I think where we do get it wrong now is we're still promoting, we're promoting those members of our organisations who are performing and the measures of that performance are not based on the behaviours we want to see. So we, we promote people who uh, enhance the margin for their, um, for their employer, and it doesn't matter how they do it. So that's, those are the KPIs we set. So we're often, we're often providing people with opportunities to move forward in their careers. Um, we're rewarding the wrong behaviours. Um, and I think that that needs to change, but that's quite fundamental to the way the way we've operated in the industry for a long time. This episode is proudly sponsored by Jib Plasterboard, your local plasterboard manufacturer. Jib Plasterboard offers a wide range of training programs and technical help for lining installation, fire resistance performance, noise control, wet area systems, and rigid air barrier solutions. Please call the Jib Helpline team on 0800 100 442 for technical support or register for a training session at jib.co.nz slash training and events. It's a, it's a, it is a big ask though, isn't it? Because there is such... We really have to move a mountains in that culture shift to be able to, I think, let's say, promote vulnerability or have a bit more psychological awareness about how mm. we talk to each other and communicate in, in the construction industry because we're taking on these really complex, gnarly problems and we all have to get together on the same page. I'd like to share an experience with you that I had a few weeks ago and just hear your comment on it. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to take about two and a half weeks off over Easter and me and my family were really into the outdoors so we went hiking all the way down the west coast and in Fiordland and it was beautiful, serene, picturesque environment with my family having nice experiences, um, feeling like a human being again if you follow, yeah. having good interactions. I mean, my first day back at work it was... Um, I was really caught off guard because I, within the first few hours, I was into a, into a meeting that had all of this. Uh, what I found um, perspective was key here after that experience that I had. Jumping back into this, I felt quite toxic environment in this site meeting, and you don't notice this perhaps, or at least I didn't. When you're in there and you're in that grind, and that's your weekly routine, but when you take some time to maybe switch off or have a different perspective where you can pull yourself away from that type of environment. 
I was so taken aback at how petty people could be and how, like you say, it was I'm going to win and you're going to lose. Yeah. And I, we walked, I at least walked away from that meeting feeling like nothing productive got done. Everyone got to kind of have their little vent at each other. Um, and we'll do it all again next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You're you're someone who's probably been in a lot of meetings, and you, like you've said, you've just um, explained your focus on trying to encourage collaboration and, and communication. Um, I just wonder what you think about that. If you've had experiences like that yourself, and if you have any ways of trying to, I guess, be the change yourself in that situation, mm-hmm. and, and try to. Because I'm I'm thinking about vulnerability in our industry, yeah. and it's really hard to let our guard down when we've all got objectives and KPIs to hit, and they don't match up with the other people in, in that environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really big question. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I have had experiences like that this week mm. and last week and every week mm. that I've been in the industry. On the project that I'm involved in currently, we've been quite deliberate about establishing the culture that we want and the culture that we believe collectively we need to be successful together. So we did a series of workshops in 2022 where we did some work on on what does success look like for us? Um, What does, obviously this is all in the context of of success for us personally as well as success for our respective employers and the client. Um, and we've actually out of that produced a what we're referring to as a project code um, and we've got a, a performance playbook that goes with that. And we've just in the last few weeks sort of published that out to the team and, and the intention is to um, have regular check-ins um, to add add an agenda item into key um, team meetings in the same way that we would with health and safety. We're going to talk about uh, how we feel we are going against the expectations and the, the um, aspirations we set for ourselves when we put together that, those documents. And this is all a work in progress yet to see how how successfully we'll be able to implement it because there are, as there always are, huge complexities with this project and its history. And there's baggage. People are carrying baggage. Um, But I think, you know, my intention is that we identify a a core of of leadership within the team and, and we work hard within that group to really model those behaviours. And so some examples of that might be that sometimes someone just needs to have a vent, so you make space for that to happen, but then you say you you put that in a box and put it away, and from that point on, we're solutions-focused. It's not about, we're not, we don't care about what happened last month. We're about problem that is in front of us today and how we collectively solve that Mm. and I often have been reminding the team recently that that most of those most participants in the construction industry were actually here to solve problems and 
being able to engage with and solve problems and to do that collaboratively and collectively is probably the key success factor for um, people. And so sometimes you do have to remind yourself when things are getting a bit tense. <laughs> um, you know, because inevitably people's people's agendas are unique to them and their organisations and they're not always aligned. So if you acknowledge that and then acknowledge that the reason we're all doing what we're doing is because we're good at solving problems and that if there weren't any problems, we would all have nothing to do, mm. <laughs> then you can start really embracing it as a, as a challenge and, and um, feeling the reward of having solved problems rather than being um, worn down and overwhelmed by the constant issues and challenges that, that come up. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Um, and I, I, I think I'm, I myself um, often, you know, have a tendency to let my frustration boil over and... and um, but, you know, the, I think the, the trick is to not let those things become ingrained in your relationships with your colleagues and, and um, across your project team and be able to laugh about it later. And, you know, one of our key uh, intentions in our, our project code is that um, we, we want to success for us is getting to the end, successfully delivering this project, and we're all still friends. Mm. You know, and that, that, if you keep that front of mind that we're, we're collegially um, working to achieve an output here and we want to you know we want to do it in a way that um, we suffer the least possible collateral damage <laughs> on the way through <laughs> then that's got to be a great outcome all round definitely yeah mm. thanks um, Tooth you're, you're, you've studied for the last few years, a whole lot of complex things. I'm wondering what you think about this. In, in my experience of the industry, I think the problem of communicating complexity is bigger than the problem of understanding complexity. Um, I think we're pretty clued up um, as an industry, and I guess no matter what field or profession we slot into within that big web, um, we're problem-based people and we like to solve those problems, but communicating how we do that is quite difficult. What do you think about that? I think this is the most difficult task to communicating the problem. Mm -hmm. I would say when and when it comes to identify the problem, it is also difficult mm -hmm. because you need to find the real challenge. Sometimes you the challenge in like you know bigger perspective, mm -hmm. but you, when you need to solve it, you need to go into like deep sometime mm. and when you identify that problem you work on that and you try to you know go in industry talk with people understanding their requirement and when you need to communicate like you struggle to make it in like simple words sometimes mm. especially and it's more about the acknowledgement of the problems as well second mm. things what I understood during my experience and sometimes oh this is the problem what like is having with the industry and something yeah I think it's a problem but when it comes to communicate the exact thing, you know, it's tough because I think with the contractor, like, you know, they are having their own, like, perspective to understand it. So you need to, like, communicate in, in like, you know, such a manner so they can understand it's, like, you know, valuable. 
when you talk with design team, they are having their own like you know perspective. So it's always difficult because it's like you know different class of audience sometimes. Mm. And what I think like our industry definitely we are getting collaborative, but still it's fragmented up to some extent. That's what I think. Mm. So I think communicating the problem it's a big challenge. Donna, what's what's a challenge I think maybe that you overcame or that you were confronted with? Learn to listen. Um, that is always now maybe front of mind for you in terms of how you approach your work and even um, your your character within the industry. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest and and most important lesson for me has been not to stay in a role for too long if it's not working for me. Um, to if you were touching on the, the um, on empathy, how important empathy is, um, and for us to be empathetic, we need to take care of ourselves and our own needs, our own emotional needs first. And if we're in an environment that isn't sort of nurturing us, that plays out in your relationships with the people that you work with. Um, and and I think I've been prone to feeling like leaving a role is sort of somehow a failure on my part, and I I I think I've I've on occasion damaged relationships by hanging in there. So I would say that values are in alignment with the values of your employer or the values of the the role that you're um, in at, at that time don't try and fix it just move on um, find something else that you know that interests you and and I've certainly I'm not a believer in the whole you know do what you love and and the money will follow I think that's um, that's bollocks really (laughs) (laughs) the Mm. money doesn't follow Mm. Um, (laughs) but I think you do have to be challenged and interested intellectually challenged and and feeling enriched by what you're doing and if you're not then you know your your own contribution in that scenario is not going to be what you would want it to be so the key I think is following Looking for the opportunities that interest you, not the opportunities that that look like the better promotions or the the most money or yeah, and that will take care of your your career. Mm. Yeah. To following on from that sort of thread, um, how do you approach challenging yourself with wellness in mind, um, and again looking after yourself? putting yourself in the best position mentally to take on those challenges that interest you. And I guess part of it that comes to mind for me is being able to switch off and having somewhere that you can take yourself away from trying to do a PhD thesis (laughs) and freaking out and still making sure that you're in the best, um, you're firing on all cylinders mentally, you're capable to take on those challenges. Well, like, it is challenging, to be honest. Uh, sometimes we talk and, like, you know, we would like to, you know, stress-free. Stress but when you work, like, stress is, uh, like, you know, 
you know part of your journey i think it's more important like how you react on the condition so i can remember like you know my journey like you know during like last 3 years like you know i had couple of like you know slip in knife you know because i think it's bit different than the industry like projects i think after like far you can switch off and you have the accomplishment you know once you finish a project and you know like this is the like routine but during my phd like you know you mostly like feel okay what is the accomplishment because you need to wait for 3 years sometime mm-hmm. and the failure rate is more than the you know success rate sometime mm-hmm. you finish something you send it to somewhere you need to wait for whole year and so even your boss like you know he's or her role is to criticize your work in constructive manner so i think in that situation it's very difficult to be resilient but i think that's what i learned during this journey be resilient i try to be like you know like switch off after like you know 6 or 7 or on the weekend sometime i think i have developed couple of like hobbies during this time i like to be socialize and for me it's very important to like you know be in different environments sometime so like okay this is my like you know workplace or like you know this is my like you know, phd everything but i try to be in such environment where i can see my life in different manner okay like you know attending different networking events with you know talking with project manager you know it's a completely different world and like you know you learn a different things and you see a world in different manner in industry and definitely laser activities and you can definitely audit but i would say i think there are a lot of challenges in this world mm. and we need to understand that we can try to solve it we can contribute and we can play our role but sometimes it's okay like you know situations are not perfect we just need to be resilient we just need to work hard that's it. that's what i need mm. 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 don't i'm thinking i'm putting my my student hat on here i'm, I'm putting myself on my sorter's shoes about i'm i'm going to step out into the industry it's 2023 Uh, we've kind of touched on how maybe diversity is changing in the industry and um over your time in expense I'm wondering how how would you recommend someone build a career and build themselves in the environment that we have now and learning on things in the past and and how that can inform our decisions moving forward I was just thinking while while Tooth was talking actually about one of the 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 characteristics of the industry is that often it seems that things can't wait so it's difficult to set proper boundaries um and i i think that in order to not completely burn out you have to be disciplined about setting those boundaries and i think employers need to be need to respect those boundaries so i i remember i was involved with um NZIOB awards a few years ago and and there's a um a component a, there was a component in the judging criteria around um what were um uh candidates doing in their workplace to encourage um well-being and one of the things was um insisting that no one worked Saturdays so you know that's an example of where the industry slipped into this norm of everybody everybody working Saturdays because time is money and you've you've got to get it done but no doubt that leads to more health and safety incidents more burnout 
more butting of heads. Um, so in the interests of the greater good, I think we're, we're coming to the conclusion that, that we need to find balance and that we need to allow our um, employees to find balance and achieve balance. Um, I think COVID has taught us some really important lessons around the value of our whole of life experiences and not just not just the experience we gain at work. So for me, I, I think you know, it comes back to that curiosity. Be curious about both what you're doing at work and about the world and about what's happening out there and, and what what do you learn through playing squash and being involved with the local squash club that you can then bring into your um, into your work? Mm. You know, it's 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 a whole. It's um, yeah. It's not it's not just focusing on what what sort of qualifications I've got that relate to construction or what what courses I've attended that teach me um, the technical details of of construction. Mm. It's um, it's becoming the, the best version of you, the most well-rounded version of you that you can be, that makes you, um, enables you to engage optimally with those around you towards that end. Yeah. Awesome. Got some good stuff. Thanks. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building.